death, Lord, abide with me. So, Lord, we thank You that You abide with us. And I thank You, Lord God, that You long to be with us far more than we long to be with You. But You're giving us Your desires and making us in Your image so that we can share in Your unspeakable joy. Lord God, I pray that you would help us to preach. In Jesus' name, amen. You can't stop it. It's coming to a town near you. It used to be called contemporary. Some call it relevant. We're so cool, we call it contemporvent. Young, hip guy welcoming all with graffiti and cool glasses. I welcome everybody with arms wide open, revealing my tattoo so you know I have a past. Quirky transition to band. Invite everyone to stand. Let's do it. This is the song that everyone knows. It's the song that everyone knows. One man has all the answers. I have all the answers. Showing a picture of a puppy and or a baby from an impoverished third world nation. Speaking softly to draw you in. And then emphatically, driving home my point. Long pause. Whispering. Repetition. Still pausing. Pained expression. Long prayer so that the worship leader can get back on stage. This is the closing song with strings that'll make you cry. Coming soon to your town, a new kind of church. You will be lifted high and challenged to grow. We call that Grotivation. You call this Sunday morning praise the lord we want to do a good job of praising the lord and maybe win the casually dressed pastor award too the phrase uh praise the lord forms an interjection in hebrew hallelujah which means praise the lord praise the lord hallelujah halal yah and um uh, halal is praise and yah is for, for Yahweh, hallelujah. The last five psalms in the Psalter, the book of Psalms, begin with the word hallelujah, or praise the Lord, and end with the word hallelujah, uh, praise the Lord. Psalm 146 and 147 proclaim all the amazing things that God has done, all the amazing things that God does, does do. 148 verse 3, the sun, moon, and all shining stars are commanded to praise God, praise the Lord, and then we're commanded to 
let them praise the Lord. At 148 verse 7, the, the tanim, that is sea monsters, serpents, dragons, are commanded to praise the Lord, as well as all tahom, which is translated deeps or abyss or even sheol, then fire, hail, snow, mist, storms, mountains, trees, beasts, birds, kings of the earth, and all people, young men and maidens, all together are all commanded to praise the Lord. And then in verse 13, we're commanded to let them, to, to let dragons, deeps, beasts, and all people praise the Lord. Let them uh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Then 149, Israel is commanded to praise the Lord. Then we're commanded to let them praise the Lord with gladness and, and dancing because God enjoys it when His people enjoy Him. We're commanded to let all people party and praise because all people partying and praising is God's vengeance upon all people not partying and not praising. Praise the Lord. Then Psalm 150, our psalm. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds like creation. Praise Him according to His excellent or exceeding greatness like salvation. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so that's the way the book of Psalms ends. So that's not a small, little, obscure verse from out of nowhere. Uh, that's the culmination of the Psalms. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Always reminds me of this bumper sticker. Have you seen this bumper sticker? Whenever I, I see this, free Tibet, I think to myself, uh, okay. Tibet, you're free. I free you, Tibet. Didn't know I, I had that power, but Tibet, you're, you're free. I have this bumper sticker on my truck. Stop continental drift. I love bumper stickers that tell you to do things that you have absolutely no ability to do. Free Tibet, stop continental drift. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Do I have that power to let everything that has breath praise the Lord? Let comes from the third person imperfect justice form of the verb praise. Uh, just as in Genesis 1, let comes from the third person imperfect justice form of the verb be. So God said, let there be light. Who's he talking to? Me? Do I have the power to let there be light? Jesus is, is the light. Do I have the power to let there be light? Well, I could close my eyes, not let there be light. Maybe I could close my eyes and nail them to a tree and not let there be light. Do I have the power to let the earth sprout vegetation? Let there be lights in the expanse. Let the waters swarm with living creatures and let the earth bring forth all creeping things and beasts. Do I have the power to let creation happen? 
Do I have the power to let God make man in his own image and, and likeness? Do, do I have the power to let everything be good? Just as God said, everything was good at the end of the sixth day of creation. Do I have the power to let everything that has breath praise the Lord? The psalmist, possibly David, seems to think that everything would praise the Lord if I, Peter Hyatt, would just let it praise the Lord. As if uninterrupted ecstatic praise was like the default mode of the universe and the thing that's keeping all of heaven from happening is me. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. According to the ancient rabbis, that can also be translated or vowelized as let every breath praise the Lord as if I'm holding my breath. Well, that every breath in all that breathes and even in the things that don't yet appear to breathe, like sun, moon, and stars, would praise the Lord, that everything that has breath would praise the Lord, is clearly the Lord's desire. And Scripture also makes it clear that God gets His desire. Some Scripture indicates that He already has his desire. Jesus came preaching, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That means stop thinking that it's somewhere else. It's right here. Right here. As if we had our eyes closed or something, but it's right here. Our eyes closed, or maybe our hearts closed, our minds closed. Revelation 5, John, you know, sees every creature in heaven and earth and under the earth and in the sea. That's everywhere and all that is within them praising God and the Lamb on the throne. In Genesis 1, God speaks a word, let it be, and creation happens. At the end of the sixth day, God sees everything that is made, and behold, look, it's very good. But at the start of the sixth day, something is not good. You know what that is. Man, Adam, is not good because he's alone. Even before the fall, he's alone. Humanity is alone. But on the seventh day, humanity is no longer alone. He's good. On the seventh day, God's Sabbath day, actually everything is very good and it is finished. When we preached through the Revelation in Genesis, we took a, a long time to talk about this. This is the way Scripture and much of the early uh, church viewed time and the way much of Judaism views time uh, still today. We exist on this uh, sixth day of this, of this timeline, but a seventh day is coming when everything is good and it is finished. On the seventh day, everything is good, but Jesus told us no one is good but God alone. Only God is good. So if everything is good, God must be in everything or everything reflects His glory, and that's actually what halal or praise in Hebrew literally means. It means to shine. So to praise is to shine God's glory or to reflect God's glory back to Him. And to sin is to hoard that glory to yourself. In Hebrew, the word for praise is, discovered this this week, saying it, sometimes it's translated madness. It's translated that way when it appears in its reflexive form. In other words, to praise yourself is madness insanity and darkness but to praise the lord is to be made in his image well the seventh day when everything praises the lord is not a normal day 
Sometimes it's described as an eighth day, which in Hebrew thought is an endless seventh day. It's an eternal day that must look something kind of like, like this. As Karl Barth explains, time does not exist apart from eternity's embrace. Eternity embraces time on all sides, preceding, accompanying, and fulfilling it. As Jesus explains, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, at hand. Well, Christians are people who believe that eternity invaded time at a tree in a garden on Mount Calvary called the cross. Jews also believe that eternity uh, invaded time. They believe that it had invaded time, but they kept it in a box called the temple. The book of Hebrews tells us that the inner sanctuary behind the veil was somehow the presence of the age to come in this present age. It contained the Ark of the Covenant, which was the throne of God on, on earth. In Isaiah 6, Isaiah sees the Lord sitting on His throne, and the seraphim cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Not will be full, but is full. So you see, Isaiah saw behind the curtain and everything praised the Lord. David went to the sanctuary and cried, let everything praise the Lord. Jesus cried, Father, forgive them. And then he surrendered up his breath. And remember that curtain, that veil in the temple that ripped from the top to the bottom. And a Roman centurion who'd just been nailing Jesus to the tree dropped to his knees and began to praise the Lord praised the Lord. On Pentecost, the breath, that breath that Jesus surrendered, it fell on the church's fire, and everyone there began to praise the Lord. It was the new sanctuary. It was God's temple. In the Revelation and the prophets, all creation becomes or is God's temple. All that to say, everything actually does praise the Lord in reality, according to, to Scripture. And everything will praise the Lord in the fullness of time. And you're commanded to let everything praise the Lord right now. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So how do I not let everything praise the Lord? I mean, I had to really think about this a while this week, so see if this makes sense. I can't let things praise the Lord if I think I make things praise the Lord. I mean, if I make you praise the Lord, if I say, you, you, Dimitri, you better praise the Lord or else! If I make you praise the Lord, I can't let you praise the Lord. If I think I make me praise the Lord, oh, dang, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. If I think I make me praise the Lord, I can't let me praise the Lord. And now hear me well. I can make myself sing a praise song. I have that power. But even that power is kind of a strange sort of power because why would I want to make myself sing a praise song and where would that want come from? I can't just want what I, what I don't want. I'm just saying maybe I can make myself sing a praise song when I really don't want to sing a praise song. 
Or part of me doesn't want to sing a praise song. I mean, maybe I can make myself say thank you when I don't feel thankful. Maybe I can make myself read my Bible when I don't want to read my Bible. Maybe I can make myself go to a worship service when I don't want to worship, but I can't make myself praise when I don't want to praise because praise is a want. Praising the Lord is like a new want. It's like a new heart. The psalmist writes, praise Him in His sanctuary. Well, His sanctuary is your soul. And praise is like a new heart sitting on the throne in the sanctuary of your soul. It's like a new desire. God desires your praise, and your praise is desiring God. Praise is simply liking God. Liking God out loud. When my son John was three years old, he was a part of our church's Christmas service uh, in California one year. I don't remember anything about the program. It might have been traditional. It might have been contemporary. I, I don't know. I can't. I don't remember. But I won't forget this. Twenty rows back, everyone could hear John, three years old, poking the other boys next to him. He was poking the other boys next to him and pointing at me and yelling, that's my daddy out there! That's my daddy out there! Look, that's my daddy! You see, that's praise. And I didn't make him do that. I didn't force him. I said, you really should do that. before the." I didn't make him do that. I didn't force it. If I had made him do that, I couldn't have let it happen. Free praise last Sunday Todd gave the message remember Todd Priestley right there and his 84, 84 is that how 85 year old dad uh, was here and I remember uh, Todd he's told me a little bit about this is not always an easy relationship he was just so glad that his dad Gene would come as Todd broke the bread and poured the wine his father stood up interrupted the service and announced I have something to say I held my breath. <laughs> and then Gene pointed at Todd and said, that's my boy up there. That's my boy. And that was a taste of the communion that constitutes the kingdom of heaven. God the Father says, that's my son in whom I'm well pleased. And God the Son says, let me tell you about my daddy. Oh, he's relentless love. You folks have heard all kinds of things about my dad, but he's love. That's who he is. Jesus lives to the praise of his Father's glory. And God the Father constantly glorifies Jesus the Son, and they are happy. When Gene said, that's my boy up there, he was happy. When my son Jonathan poked his friends and said, that's my daddy out there! He was happy. When we praise, we lose ourselves and find ourselves in the one that we praise. When John poked his friends and said, that's my daddy, he was no longer a vulnerable little three-year-old boy. He was me. He was an extension of me, a 29-year-old man who could drive a car. He was me and I was him, a miracle capable of reflecting my glory. You know, we all praise. To be human is to praise. We talked about that a few months ago. 
It's why you watch football games. It's why some people aren't here. They're watching the Broncos right now. It's why we watch football games, why we go to movies, why we read books and find new restaurants. We're looking for something worthy of our, of our praise. Uh, you can't make yourself praise. And so you're looking for something that will make you praise, that will make it happen, like a great pizza, a gripping novel, or a Super Bowl victory. You're, you're looking for a way to lose yourself and then find yourself in something bigger and better than just your little self. We all praise. And we all praise the Lord, even if we don't know it's the Lord that we're praising. We all praise the good. And God alone is, is good. We all praise the way, the truth, and the life. And the Word of God is the way, the truth, and the life. We all praise God, but we're all tempted to think that we make God. We're all tempted to praise ourselves. As if we created the good. So could take credit for the good. As if we could create, save, and redeem the good. Who, who is God? We're all tempted to not let God be God. But to think that we can make God. To think that we can make God good. And to think that we can make His Word salvation. Why is God salvation? Because it's something you did? I'm just saying we can't let ourselves praise the Lord if we think we can make ourselves praise the Lord. And just as we can't let ourselves be saved if we think that we can make ourselves saved. Just as we can't let ourselves be made in God's image if we think we make ourselves in God's image. You see, to let yourself praise is to let yourself be saved which is to let yourself be created in the image of God and be the reflection of His glory. In Ephesians, Paul tells us that we have been predestined to live for the praise of His glory. You have been predestined to praise God in freedom. Freedom because that's what praise is. Freedom is not random choice, but the ability to be who you were predestined to be. Philippians 2, Paul writes this, God has highly exalted Him, Jesus, that the name of Jesus, which means God is salvation, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory, the glory of God uh, the Father. That's called praise. Romans 14, he asks, why do you judge? Why do you despise your brother? We'll all stand before the judgment seat of God. That's the throne in the sanctuary, which is the entrance to eternity. For as it is written, writes Paul, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God or give praise, glory to God. He's saying, why do you judge? We're all guilty. And we will all give praise for God will save us all from ourselves. He's quoting Isaiah 45, verse 22. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn. From my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return, shall not be revoked, shall not return to me void. To me, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance, shall confess to God. Scripture, I think, is, is saying that to be saved by God 
is to be made in the image of God by the Word of God, which is to freely praise the glory of God who is salvation. So to be created, to be, to be created is to be saved, which is to praise God in freedom. So, back to the question. How do I not let everything that has breath praise the Lord? Well, maybe I think I can make people praise the Lord. And maybe I think that some people can never, ever, ever praise the Lord. I think most of you know that the sanctuary exists. We're, we're here because 12 years ago, I was publicly tried for heresy and told to recant things that I had preached for years before. My denomination, the religious establishment, told me to confess that, number one, there was a group of people that could not be saved, and number two, that God took pleasure in not saving them. They asked me to confess my faith in God's inability to save, in God's lack of desire to save. They asked me to confess my faith that God in Christ Jesus would not destroy the works of the devil. They asked me to confess faith, uh, have faith that God would endlessly preserve evil in a place called hell. That is, to publicly confess my faith that not everything that has breath will praise the Lord. And I couldn't do it. Some of you couldn't do it either. I couldn't do it because the more I studied, the more I saw that there is a place where people don't praise the Lord. And that place is called Hades or Sheol, which is often translated hell. But it's a part of this age. Hades is a thing. Sheol and Hades are a thing on, on this timeline. So Hades comes to an end. Or the end descends into Hades. Jesus is the end, and He descends into Hades, and in the end, Hades is thrown into the lake of fire, and death is no more. No more. God is love, and God is fire, and God is one. So God is love, God is fire, God is one, love is fire. So when the fire falls on the church at Pentecost, what happens? Everybody begins to praise. That was a bit of heaven on earth. That was the taste, a taste of the age to come when all things are filled with the glory of God and reflect the glory of God. Well, the more I saw, and this is the, what I'm trying to, this is hard to talk about, but the more, the more I saw and the more I explained, the more I realized that the religious establishment didn't want to see and did not want it to be explained. And that was a bit hard because I was a part of the religious... I am part of the religious establishment. This is brutally painful for me to see, but I think we, the religious establishment, don't let everyone praise the Lord because we're selling the idea that we can make people praise the Lord. So we can't just let anyone praise, praise the Lord because we're selling the idea that we make people Praise the Lord. We can't let anyone be, be saved because we're selling the idea that we save. We can't let everyone be made in the image of God because we're selling our ability to make people in the image of God. We can't let everyone praise the Lord because we're praising our praise. 
And that, by the way, is the reason that we religious folks argue and compete because we're not praising the Lord. We're praising our praise. So we argue about whether the praise should be contemporary or traditional, whether we should use, you know, a, a pipe organ or whether we should use a, a, a guitar. And David tells us, look, just grab anything, grab everything. Uh, just use it all. Grab the pipe over and grab the guitar. Grab cymbals and tambourines and dance. Use your, your whole body. Use it all to praise the Lord. We argue about whether the message should be grotivational <laughs> or expositional whether it should be 15 minutes or 45 minutes, whether it should be emotional or intellectual. I hear us debate whether it's all... People do this. So it's all about the heart, you know. It's not about the mind or it's all... It's really what we think or it's all about your strength, the things you do, but not your soul. Jesus tells us, look, just love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Praise the Lord. Don't praise your ability to praise. For then you're not praising at all. When we think we can make people praise, we don't let them praise. And praise becomes a painful obligation rather than a joyful celebration. Praise becomes a law that appeals to our flesh rather than the grace that sets us free. Praise becomes a threat that builds the institution but rapes the bride of Christ. You know, we actually say to people, praise God for He is unconditional love and absolutely good. Praise God or else He won't be good and He will no longer love you and you will never, ever, 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 ever be able to praise. See, I think we teach people to praise with their lips and keep their hearts far from Him. You can grow an institution that way. Believe me, I know it. You can grow an institution that way, but you can't grow faith in the heart of a bride that way. Institutions can make things happen. They can make themselves fat by consuming the life that is all around them. Institutions can make things happen, but a bride must let things happen by surrendering to the life that is her groom. That's what's so incredibly hard about being a bride. But also what is so profoundly good, a bride can get pregnant with the life of her groom. The life of your groom is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith. It's the incarnation of praise in your temple of, of flesh. Institutions, don't get me wrong, Institutions are wonderful if you use them to praise the Lord. But if they begin to praise themselves, they become the beast from the land and the beast from the sea and the great whore of Babylon. They become institutional madness. So how do I not let everything that has breath praise the Lord? Well, by thinking that I can make things praise the Lord. And maybe I think some things cannot praise the Lord because I really don't want all things to praise the Lord because I want some things to praise my praise, which is really just a way, sneaky way of saying I want everything to praise me. 
Well, that's a confession, by the way. I want people to praise me because I think I saved me and I create me in the image and likeness of God. I think me is salvation and I doubt that God is salvation because I believe the lie of a snake in my garden. The thing in me that believes the lie in me is called my ego, my pride, my flesh. Some might call it original sin. Well, maybe I don't let everything praise the Lord because I'm praising myself, which is madness and the very definition of hell. You do know it's true that Jesus warned people about hell, right? About Hades and Gehenna. In fact, he warned people about hell more than anyone in all of Scripture. That's true. But it's also true that the people he warned were his church. The ecclesia, the synagogia, the sons of the kingdom, his fellow Jews. He warned people that thought they praised the Lord, but said there were other people that could never, ever, ever praise the Lord. He told them that they would be tossed into a place where they would not praise the Lord, but weep and gnash their teeth. He said this, and I quote, many will come from east and west, east and west of Israel. Many will come from east and west and sit at table in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. It was those very people who he said this to that crucified him on a tree in a garden because he let the wrong people praise the Lord. Does it bother you when certain people praise the Lord? It bothered Simon the Pharisee when the prostitute anointed Jesus and kissed his feet bothered him that she was forgiven much and loved much. It bothered Judas that Mary would dump a pound of priceless ointment upon Jesus' head when it could have been used for the church mission program. It bothered McCall, the queen, when David stripped and danced with wild abandon before the throne of God on the Ark of the Covenant. See, Simon the Pharisee thought it was bad judgment to let the prostitute worship. But Jesus didn't think it was bad judgment. He thought it was the judgment on Simon. Judas thought it was a waste, the way Mary used the perfume to worship, and Jesus thought it was the definition of the good, the kalos ergon, the beautiful deed. Queen McCall thought it was undignified, the way David humbled himself, but... but but David knew it was how he lost himself and then found himself full of life, even impregnated with life. It, it bothered the early church when the Pharisee of Pharisees, who persecuted the church, when Rabbi Saul, who we know as St. Paul, it bothered them when he started praising the Lord. I, I pray to God that it doesn't bother me when those that have judged me and cast me out start praising the Lord. See, um, maybe I don't let everything praise the Lord because I'm, I'm praising me. And the me that I'm praising is the hell in which I've become imprisoned. The, the me that I'm praising is my ego, my old man, the, the imitation Christ, the antichrist, the, the me that thinks I can save me. 
To be trapped in that me is to be trapped in in hell. The hell uh, cannot last forever without end. But why do, would I want it to last at all? To not let everything that has breath praise the Lord is to not praise the Lord. And to not praise the Lord is to be trapped in a hell that is me. So how do I let me praise the Lord? I can't make myself praise the Lord but maybe I can present myself to the Lord. Maybe I can present myself to the one who sits on the throne in the sanctuary of my soul. Maybe I can expose myself to the way, the truth, and the life and the love of God bleeding for me. Maybe I can expose my sin uh, to grace, expose myself to the fire of God's love. Maybe I can present myself a living sacrifice. David writes, praise the Lord in his sanctuary. The sanctuary was a place of sacrifice. And all the sacrifices point to the fact that God constantly sacrifices for us and calls us to be a living sacrifice to him and, and for him. The sacrifice that God requires is not sheep and goats, but a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Uh, God desires the sacrifice of praise, that I would lose me and find me praising. When I see the Lamb on the throne bleeding for me, it destroys the arrogant old me, uh, the ego, the old clay vessel, and it liberates the new me, the spirit in me, the breath of God in me. It, it returns to the throne then as, as praise. You were created with clay and the breath of God that is the life of God. That's what Romans says. The, the spirit is life. The breath is life. You were created with clay and the breath of God, but in ignorance and arrogance and fear, you hold the breath. I hold the breath. The first Adam who is said to have voluntarily surrendered that breath is Jesus. And he surrendered on a tree in a garden. When his clay vessel was broken, he cried, Father, forgive, and he delivered up his breath, his spirit. That's the same spirit that falls on the church's tongues of fire and then manifests his praise. Praise for our Lord who constantly gives and forgives us all things. Praise for the God who creates us, saves us, and causes us to praise, to constantly lose our lives and find them in His joy, ecstatic joy. He said, Father, forgive, and delivered up His Spirit, His pneuma, His breath. That word translated forgive, aphiomi, is also translated let. He said, Father, let, then delivered up his breath that becomes our breath. Let everything that has breath. It's his breath. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. If you don't let everything that has breath praise the Lord, I bet it's because you're not praising the Lord. You're holding the breath. You're not praising the Lord, and I bet you're not praising the Lord because you haven't seen the Lord. And so you don't believe that you have been forgiven you and every breath. When you see that you are forgiven, you will want everyone to know that they're forgiven so that everything that has breath would praise the Lord. 
that desire to praise yourself because you think you must save yourself and create yourself, I think that's original sin. But this is the gospel. Original sin just reveals the wonders of eternal grace. I think one day you'll thank God that you were consigned to disobedience because you get to see Him have mercy on all. It's how God makes us in His image. And it's how God wakes us from a dream that has become a nightmare that we sometimes call hell. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord says the Lord. And we ask, do I really have that power to not let everything that has breath praise the Lord? Well, in a dream, you do have that power, right? In your dreams, you create reality. Maybe our Father is letting each of us dream that we are our own Father so that we would wake from that dream and eternally delight in His presence. In God's reality, everything does praise the Lord, and the Lord glorifies everything that's anything, for all things are filled with Him. And so we constantly say, that's my daddy. That's my dad. And He constantly says, and that's my beloved son. That's my beloved daughter, in whom I am so very well pleased. The image and likeness of me. In reality, everything does praise the Lord, but in our self-centered dreams, we dream of everything praising us, and everything dies. So how do I let everything that has breath praise the Lord? I wake up from my dreams, and I become God's dream. This is how God enters our nightmare and wakes us from our dream. This is how God makes us in His image on the sixth day of the week, sixth day of creation at the sixth hour of the day. He does it on a tree in a garden. He takes bread, He breaks it and says, this is my body given to you. Take and eat. And in the same manner, He takes the cup. He took the cup and said, this is the covenant in my blood poured out for the forgiveness of me, the letting, the forgiveness of, of, of sins. Drink of it, all of you. I think this is the throne. And look, this is my dad. This is your dad. This is our father. This is the heart of the father. Jesus from the bosom of the father. This is the heart of God on a table for all creation. So let everything that has breath praise the Lord.
let Jesus be. Let wisdom be. Let forgiveness be. Let redemption be. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. See, I think I'm saying I don't think it's okay to not let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Paul has this interesting verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, we destroy, he's defending his ministry, we destroy every proud argument that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. To say that God doesn't want to save or that God doesn't save is a proud argument that exalts himself against Jesus. And I think we're called to destroy it. And I think that's why the sanctuary exists. And it's hard. It's hard. But I'm so grateful for you that you're here. Because you see, uh, the thing that really destroys the proud argument is praise. So I want to encourage you to praise the Lord for who He is. So when you're with your friends, with your, with, when you're with family, don't be embarrassed. I mean, I hear people say it. Well, people think I'm a heretic. They worry about me going to this church. Just say, you know what? I, think, I, I really, I like Jesus because, you know, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess to the glory of God. And when they say, well, how could you believe such a thing? You can say this. God said it. Uh, I believe it. That settles it. You can, you can use that line. That's, it's a Bible verse. Think in Bible verse. And when they want to argue with you and you don't know the answer to their argument, you say, go talk to Peter, because he's been thinking about this a long time. He'll argue with you. But, but you see, the very best argument is your praise. And what, what do I mean by that? I mean you like God. See, I'm, I'm a bit mortified that I think so many people that call themselves Christians don't like God. And so you come to worship service even though I don't tell you, look, if you come to worship service, your business will work. And I don't tell you, look, if you come to service, then you can save your butt from hell or whatever. But, but you come to service because you like God. That's praise. And that's also how we get pregnant with new life. And so I just thank God for you. And I'm, I decided to preach on Psalm 150 this week because the conference is coming up in two weeks. And this is why we're having the conference, I hope. I mean, there's always flesh mixed in with it. So I always want to be praised because I'm the most wonderful thing in the world. And Susan's working with me on that. But, um, <laughs> but, but, I, but I think it's because we're, we're called uh, to praise God for who he is and stand against the, the proud argument. So um, if you can come to the conference and invite people to the conference, that's great. And like we mentioned, we have a cost for it because we have food and all that stuff. But if you come to like just one thing like on Friday night when Paul Young is uh, speaking or uh, Saturday night with Steve McVeigh will be great. Sunday morning, of course, come. Just be sure to come for worship and bring people. Andre Rabe will be speaking early in the morning. But what I was saying is if you come, you will have a suggested donation. You can put it in a basket or whatever and get a, a badge or whatever to come uh, to, to, to be a part of the meeting. Um, if you're willing to volunteer, there's a volunteer meeting right after the service that Dee Dee and Kathleen will be uh, leading. But, but whatever the case, 
Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's easy to say while we're all singing, but, but when you're looking at someone that, that harmed you, that's, that's a hard thing to say. It's called forgiveness. Um, but let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And you do that by praising the Lord. In Jesus' name, believe the gospel.